Well, folks, uh, let's bring in someone that knows a little bit about the pressure of today's game and what is on the line. As Coach John Salavandis presents his pregame salutations. Coach Sal, as always, thanks you're here and that you're glad you're here with us. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, having me around here. And Rod, <laughs> good to have you with the crew now. Thank you very much, Coach. You know, Coach, general question here, and maybe I'm going a little crazy here, but the Ottawa Red Blacks 2016 club, they finished the regular season with an eight win, nine loss, and one tie record. Amazing, they got a tie in there. And they ended up winning the Grey Cup. If the Tiger Cats finish out with a couple of wins, they'll have eight wins. In this league, anything can happen, and usually does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's why when last week we were talking, and I said, I, I hate the crossover. <laughs> you know, this is an East-West division uh, program. The Grey Cup was set up to be East-West. So your record in the East should allow you to get into that Grey Cup. And so with a, with a uh, winning record or less than a winning record, you still have an opportunity to win that Grey Cup. Well, after that extremely lopsided start to the season with the West teams dominating the East, in the last 10 interdivision matchups, the East division are actually 8-2, and two, and it's including four in a row. So the East have been playing better. And uh, But let's get back to this game. And I want to talk briefly about last week here. We have on a season where 62% of the games have been decided in the final three minutes, which is the highest on record in CFL, of course, last week was decided in the last few seconds. What does a finish like that do for a team and an organization? Well, I got to believe that they, they came off of that Calgary game as high as they did off the Winnipeg game. And, and uh, I say that where they need to improve, Andy, on that, they need to improve in their time of possession on the field and a number of offensive plays. That's really important uh, for this game. Because in Calgary, as you said, it came down to the last few seconds. You improve those two areas, uh, time of possession and a number of offensive plays, and it won't have to come down to the last few seconds. Coach, uh, Andy and I were talking just uh, before the show, and you and I were on field level uh, discussing the wind conditions out there. And it occurs to me that in last year's Grey Cup, uh, the coin toss was a piece of strategy whereby Winnipeg chose to defer, hoping to get the wind at their backs uh, for the fourth quarter. Would you go along with that kind of logic here today? Absolutely. I, what I want to do is have the ball in the fourth quarter. However I have to get it, that's important to me. Now, if I have the wind in the first quarter, I've got to hurry up and get as many plays in as I can. If I'm against the wind, I want to slow everything down and get into a slow rhythm, use up all the time that I can uh, on that side of the ball. You know, Coach Bubba and I were just talking about the, the kicking situation here in Hamilton and how it's been solidified. How nice is it uh, as a coach to kind of have the, uh, that, that security blanket or that, that belief and that trust in your kicking game at this time of the year when it starts getting colder, when it's windy and you don't know what kind of participation you might get. Well, you're absolutely right and I can remember Paul Osbaldiston in the times that I was coaching uh, with him and simply the coach would say to Paul where do you want the ball and how far out uh, can you kick it? And Paul always gave the good uh, parameters of what he could do. Not to say I'm going to kick a 60-yarder, 
but to say you've got to move the ball inside the 40 and you've got to give me the opportunity uh, from the left hash. It didn't Danny Mac say something to like that? I think that might have been the 98 East final against, uh, against Montreal at Iverwind Stadium. You're absolutely right. Brother. I knew that. Coach, uh, Ticats Audio Radio Network's uh, executive producer, Peter McCune, wanted me to ask you. Why are you talking about this guy? Suggested that I ask you. Is <laughs> You're shaking your head. You already know what I'm going to ask you. But this has got to be a must win. Is this a must win? No, this is not a must win game because you've got two games left in the season. And the only must win, Peter, is always going to be the Grey Cup to me. <laughs> There you go. Well, you lose control if you lose this game. And, and yeah. you don't want to have to rely on Saskatchewan losing to get there. And uh, you certainly don't want to give Ottawa that extra hope uh, to have a home game in order to get into the playoffs uh, as well. Let, let's switch focus here and talk about the defense a little bit. You got, uh, you know, Simone's back on the field playing in his 150th game. He just surpassed Kyrie's Hebert and Larry Ruck for 13th all-time in tackles, and he's only 11 behind Calvin Tiggle. Uh, just a couple fun facts there. But, we, you know, I think we were kind of mentioning about how un the unsung heroes of this Ticats defense, and it's nobody that we mentioned so far on the roster. Um, what about the, the coaching staff? Well, let me, let me give you some names. Uh, and these are names on the defense, in my opinion. Uh, Robin Ross, Randy Melvin, Joaquin Bradley. And people won't know who these people are. They know who Mark Washington is because we talk about the coordinators all the time. But these are the guys in the trenches. These are the guys that put this program together. And, and when you look at it, the Hamilton pass defense, for example, got 55 knockdowns in there. Uh, the D's got 19 interceptions. They lead the league with the fewest number of defensive penalties. All of that falls into the... Uh, purview of those three guys uh, the linebacker coach the d-line coach and the d-back coach and just to be a little more specific you and i were talking about those past deflections and actually the technique of the way the defensive backs are playing the receiver when the ball is approaching the target and just talk a little bit about that and why that is a, a reflection of joaquin bradley well joaquin is teaching the the proper technique for that when uh, the uh, Receiver looks for the ball. The defensive back looks for the ball. When the receiver gets his hands on the ball, you will see the defensive back run his hand up through the two hands of that receiver to take the ball away. And the number of knockdowns with the fewest number of penalties shows you that the techniques are working. And, and that's why I think those guys are so important uh, to this defense. Love it. Coach Sal, your expertise, it's the best. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll say it for the umpteenth time. Uh, we're really proud and really happy to have you on our broadcast. Appreciate it. Well, I thank you again, Bubba. And that 10 bucks I owe you, I'll, I'll get to you sometime. Well, it's 15 now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, story uh, for later. <laughs> hey, folks, that's uh, John Salavanas with his pregame salutations.